My name's Keith Kovacs, an elder here at St. George's, and uh, despite the squeak in the floor, uh, I will be your scripture reader this morning. We have an Old Testament reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 1 to 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall rise upon the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. The word of the Lord. In a gospel reading this morning, the good news according to John, chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, and then 19 to 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of Christ. I just wanted to give a brief introduction. Uh, our guest preacher, I feel like it's weird to call somebody a guest preacher because they are a member of the congregation, um, but I'm very pleased to introduce uh, Sarah Sullivan uh, in her first preaching role uh, before you um, here today in Sunday worship. And uh, Sarah actually joined the congregation this past Easter at the Easter Vigil service after going through our faith formation process uh, the way and after uh, working with her on her sermon. I feel like uh, we did a pretty good job on the way She's very uh, well formed in the faith and uh, So um, I'm just uh, pleased to uh, to introduce Sarah as our preacher today, so 
Are we supposed to? Thank you, Reverend Ryan, and thank you, everyone, for uh, giving me this opportunity to share a message with you, and uh, it's a great privilege. So just let me get my bearings here. It's always a little awkward when you wear reading glasses because everyone else is fuzzy, but maybe that's a good thing. So, um, so just before we get started, I just uh, ask us to, to, to pray. So dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing each person here today so we can worship together and prepare for the coming of the light that is your son, Jesus. May your light shine through the music message and sharing today. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. I love Christmas. The lights, the tree decorating, nativity scenes, the music, the movies, feasts, and gift giving. And Advent has always been a big part of my celebration ritual in the holiday season. To this day, I send my three adult children Advent packages with special calendars tailored to their tastes and other gifts. It's a way to connect with them even from afar as we prepare for the big day. Yet, unfortunately, Christmas isn't a happy time for many. The holidays are one of the most stressful times of the year. Many people struggle with family tensions, social anxiety, financial strains, travel stressors, and grief and loss. Problematic substance use and eating disorders can be triggered during the holiday season with frequent parties and social norms of overindulging. Single folks, divorcees, and widowers often experience depression and loneliness. Just look how many holiday movies highlight the tension of family celebrations where people don't get along and an awkward scene transpires during dinner. Sadly, being a Christian does not make one immune to holiday stress. And this year is especially difficult for many with rising costs of living, world conflicts, and climate change. Some people struggle to appear like the perfect Christian family with two parents happily attending church, neatly dressed, well-behaved children in tow, and no signs of meltdowns while getting out of the door. And growing digital platforms add another level of stress. Advertising, reality TV shows, and, and home networks tempt us to buy, 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 and constantly streaming content profiles other people's seemingly perfect families, homes, and physiques. Recent studies have found that social media can have a detrimental impact on mental health. The days leading up to Christmas frequently are filled with shopping for the latest and greatest present, baking enough cookies, or decorating the house to be Instagram-worthy, often with the January debt hangover. However, there is hope 
in the coming of Jesus. When Reverend Ryan asked me to preach, I agreed because I love Jesus and I love public speaking. However, in full disclosure, I do not have a degree in theology, nor have I had the privilege to attend seminary. I am a social worker and a mother. That is the lens that I view life and the scriptures through. Writing a sermon is an intimidating uh, experience. And after several weeks of struggling to find my way, I decided to offer a message that is authentic, an authentic representation of how I made meaning of today's scripture. Thus, I humbly share the message God gave to me with the intention to bring hope and support. Today's passage in John reminds us that Advent is a season to anticipate the coming of the light. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but came to testify to the light. In this passage, John is sharing that soon Jesus, the light, will walk among them. Advent is a time to prepare for receiving the greatest gift on earth, Jesus, our Redeemer. This passage also reminds us that our role is as a witness to share about the light, but we are not to hold the burden of converting because all might believe through him. We witness through our actions and commitment to peace, justice, and care for our earth. Furthermore, John goes on to emphatically share with the religious authorities that he is neither the Messiah nor a prophet, but merely a messenger, and urging people to prepare for the coming of Jesus. John's humble message urges us to clean up our lives to prepare for Christmas and the coming of the light. He concludes by sharing that he is nothing special, that he isn't even worthy to untie his sandal. This passage urges us to prepare our hearts and lives for the coming of Jesus. Advent is a season to contemplate the unfathomable gift that God has given us, the birth of Jesus. Yet as mentioned, for many, the weeks leading up to Christmas are a busy whirlwind of expectations and pressure. So how do we stop, take a step off the holiday season crazy train and slow down to prepare for the ultimate gift that is Christ? Well, I am a concrete person and in my life and professional practice, I flounder without a framework to support planning and prioritizing. There's a tool from acceptance and commitment therapy, which is a mo counseling modality that I personally love, known as the ACT matrix. And so many of you may have been given a copy of the handout when you came into church. If not, there will be, there's extras at the table in the back. Uh, my apologies, the photocopying didn't come out quite as well as I anticipated, but I hope you can um, just follow along. Put simply, this tool 
helps one to break down an issue or concern with a simple matrix grid. There are four questions, one in each box of the matrix. We are in the center of the matrix as the noticer of our feelings, actions, and values. In the lower right-hand box, we consider who or what is important. This is an opportunity to hone in to what our sincere values and priorities are. In the lower left-hand quadrant, we honestly document what thoughts and feelings come up when times get tough. Above, in the upper left box, hand box, we detail things we do when these thoughts and feelings come up. These are coping mechanisms and behaviors that take us away from who or what is important to us. And in the upper right-hand corner, we can brainstorm about the things we could do to bring us closer to the things that are important to us. Notice the line down the middle of the page. The things we do to cope with the uncomfortable thoughts and feelings pull us away from what is important to us. Conversely, doing the things in the fourth quadrant bring us closer to our values. This is the key point of acceptance and commitment therapy. We all have challenging thoughts and feelings, and all of us struggle with managing our emotions and behaviors. The first step is to accept those, and rather than trying to repress those parts of ourselves, we first identify what is really important to us and figure out what committed actions we can take that bring us closer to those values and priorities. Evidence has found that this can support a shift in thoughts and feelings, as well as unhelpful and unwanted behaviors, because the committed actions towards what is meaningful and important reinforces those positive changes. This tool can be used by oneself, in a group, with friends, couples, or families, or with a trusted advisor or therapist. And it can be used for any problem. Today, our predicament is how to prepare one's spirit, heart, and mind for the coming of Jesus and be an authentic witness to the love of Jesus despite the ever-present stressors of the holiday season. To some, using a tool like this to address a spiritual dilemma may seem unorthodox or even a little odd. Thus, I beg your patience and humbly offer this as a practical way to address a very real challenge to being an authentic witness to the light. Traditionally, we would use words to fill this out, and it can be done on a worksheet like you have there, or just scratched out on a whiteboard or even the back of a napkin. It's very adaptable. Some might find using pictures or collage style more useful, which is what I will do today. So in the next slide, we're gonna work through this together. Um, so who or what is important? 
So in box number one, we have a picture of the baby Jesus in the manger. There are also icons for love and peace because these are meaningful reminders of Jesus' message and his ultimate sacrifice for us. This is an opportunity to drill down to what is truly important about the Christmas season. Then in the next slide, we'll move over to question number two. What thoughts and feelings come up during the Christmas season? Many of us experience a lot of anxiety, depression, and loneliness. Frequently, we're overwhelmed and just don't have enough time in the day. Other feelings could be exhaustion and insecurity about not measuring up to other people's expectations. Notice that these feelings pull us away from the light. Now in the next slide, in the third quadrant, when we have these thoughts and feelings, some common behaviors that we do to cope are to spend more money than we can afford, drink and drug more than is healthy, eat too much, not get enough sleep, rush from activity to activity, and many times get into disagreements and fights with our loved ones. Let's pause here and just take a deep breath. You are not a bad person if this is ringing true. You are normal. And the best news yet is that we are given the incredible gift of grace from God. We are all so loved that we do not need to be perfect. Yet we also do not need to suffer. And if our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are distracting from what is really important, we can make some choices so that we can regroup and refocus on what is important, and that is the coming of Jesus. Thus, in the fourth quadrant, we can consider what things we can do that will bring us closer to what is important to us. What will allow us to make straight the way of the Lord? What committed actions will support us to be a witness to the coming light? Some thoughts are first to prayerfully consider with our loved ones what is a priority and drop all the rest. Ask God for help and guidance. Meditate and listen. Then create an action plan. Strategies that may be considered are set some realistic boundaries about time capacity and budget. Get back to basics and look after sleep, hydration, eating, nutritious food at frequent intervals, and exercise. All are proven strategies for buffering against anxiety and depression. Connect with people who you care about in authentic ways that don't cost much money, such as sharing a potluck meal, going for a hike, or grabbing a Tim Hortons and looking at Christmas lights. 
Holiday gatherings do not need to be multi-course feasts in perfectly clean and decorated homes. If problematic substance use or other addictive behaviors are realities, reach out and go to a 12-step or smart recovery meeting or attend one online. These can be lifelines at this time of the year. Create a meaningful daily event, Advent ritual with prayer, scripture readings, lighting a candle, or creating a Jesse tree like Sarah helped the children to make in Children's Church. Develop a balanced schedule to avoid feeling overwhelmed. Daily journaling is another way to process and discharge any tough emotions or feelings that come up, as well as document positive experiences and anticipation for Christmas Day. And lastly, if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, or loneliness, please reach out for support for your care providers and support network, which I hope includes this church family. We are not just here for ourselves, but to connect the message to each other. So the matrix will look different for every person and family. It will also change with different seasons of life. A working parent with several young children has less capacity to volunteer, bake, decorate, and host gatherings than an empty nester or retired person. Working through the matrix is an opportunity to get real and identify what actions will bring you closer to God and your neighbor. John the Baptist testified to the coming of Jesus, the light, and urged people to make straight the way of the Lord. It requires intention to turn away from the pressures and stressors that distract us from focusing on the light and preparing our hearts and homes for celebrating the birth of Christ. Today I shared a simple tool that may be helpful and pray that all of us will slow down and take time to contemplate the coming of Jesus. Let us pray. God of hope, who brought love into this world, be the love that dwells between us. God of hope, who brought peace into this world, be the peace that dwells between us. God of hope, who brought joy into this world, be the joy that dwells between us. God of hope, the rock we stand upon, be the center, the focus of our lives, always, and particularly this Advent time. In Jesus' name, amen.